Hello. Hello, welcome to Talking Toon Ticks, the podcast about movies where I'm gonna I'm gonna at some point utter the phrase boss baby lore. <laughs> and I, I feel pretty pretty bad about that. <laughs> you told me you told me this morning that you'd swore that you would never watch this. Why did you swear that you would never watch this film? I, I think it, I think I, um it's just what happened in my head when I first saw that this was. I, I saw an advert on a bus, and I thought, oh no, of course that's a movie now. I'm, well, I'm never going to see that. <laughs> <laughs> but was it? Was it a thing? What, what, what do you mean? Of course, that's a movie. Like, was it a thing before? <laughs> um, apparently, it's based on a book. So um, I don't wow. know. That's the same thing. But no, I'd never heard of it, and it was just like oh. I was just so disappointed because it seems like such a terrible boss baby is like. It's so obviously someone's come up with a premise and worked backwards, and it's a terrible premise. It's like all the fake ideas they have on The Simpsons, like 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 yeah. like it's time for new pilot shows on the TV. Let's let's all watch Admiral Baby. That was right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like a joke. Yeah, in The Simpsons. Yeah, you're right, and someone's actually run with it. Mm. Um. Yeah. It's, so is it kind of did it? It struck me. When I heard, when I saw a poster, I, um, cause I had the same feeling, obviously. <laughs> um, and it struck me in the same way that, I don't know, the Angry Birds movie struck me. Oh, yeah. Did you watch that? I've seen the Angry Birds movie, yeah. Or was... the Emoji movie. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, that exists now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What, but why did you watch them over Boss Baby? I don't know. I can't remember. I think Is it because I... you work in tech? <laughs> <clears throat> no, I haven't seen the Emoji movie. I, I watched the Angry Birds movie because I think maybe I heard somewhere there was a good review of it. And some of it was quite thoughtful and the rest of it wasn't. <laughs> mm. Like, Like the first act of the Angry Birds movie is like, Okay, that so, someone has sat down and thought about this, and like they're angry, so it's about anger management. Okay, and like the main character has like an emotional arc where it's about tr trying to control his anger, and it's also got famous people in it who are funny, like Jason Sudeikis, and it's like okay, I can get I can get behind this for a little bit, and then it all just goes, to, yeah, it's just trash. Um, so you you saw you're on you're on the subway. And you see a poster, and what? What's the poster? It's a boss baby. Oh, I can't remember. It's it's just the picture of the boss baby. With, it says Alec Baldwin is a boss. He's a baby. He's a boss baby. It's a little <laughs> blonde, blue-eyed, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white baby <laughs> in a suit yeah. with with sunglasses. A, a, cis, a cis male baby. Yeah. Uh, was <laughs> yeah. No, he's. It's just it's just so little to the like like I was pleasantly surprised that the movie is not completely awful, but I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't like it. No, me neither. <laughs> um, it so I have a story about when <laughs> Boss Baby came out. Uh, so as I've mentioned in previous podcast, there's a small cinema um, which is very dear to me in in our hometown. And 
uh, that's where I fell in love with cinema and I've, just, I've had a lot of formative uh, film experiences there and, and my mum uh, volunteers there and, and I volunteered there and uh, I remember mum had to go and volunteer, she had to run the sweet shop for uh, a Saturday matinee screening of Boss Baby specifically for um, a group of French exchange students who, who'd come over to England for a week to, to kind of, I don't know, I'm assuming they visited London and, and they'd come to Harwich, historical Harwich. And on a rainy Saturday afternoon, they went to the Electric Palace Cinema to see Boss Baby. And I remember, <laughs> I remember my mum just saying, oh yeah, I've got to go see some stupid children's movie because I'm working the shop and just I don't know there was a, a, a all those elements just stuck in my mind as something incredibly depressing <laughs> this idea of all these French exchange students they've come over you imagine the the teacher that was making the itinerary mm. we've got to do something that the kids will like in this small historical fishing village in Essex um and just the fact that it's an American, it's just, it's, it's like the epitome of American trash mm. cinema. Um, you've got all these French kids come over to England to experience English culture and English heritage. And they're going to see Boss Baby on a rainy set. <laughs> and I could just, I'm just picturing the teacher like selling this, this trip <laughs> to the parents oh, wow. of these kids. <laughs> and then... So I never, I was never moved to watch it, but I read an article in the Guardian, in Le Jardin, mm. uh, the le, other week. Le, le Grand, Le Guardian, <laughs> Le Guardian, mm. um, which surprised me because apparently there uh, are a group of American, I think mostly, or no, it's, it's global, isn't it? Um, multi international... Mm philosophers and uh it's yeah there's um there's an it's a conference it's the mm -hmm. so i looked up i looked at this and it, it turns out it actually like massively overstates the influence and popularity of this thing but yeah there, there is a massive cult following of the boss baby um <laughs> and there was um yeah recently just earlier this month the first annual boss baby symposium um multi-disciplinary um, <laughs> academic conference um, and you can watch it all online for free there's like a oh. they recorded it all it's about four hours long and it's just a bunch of philosophers and other various thinkers and academics all talking about the hidden themes of oh. The Boss Baby, which I, I uh, didn't, which apparently is more thematically rich than the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> according to what I'm Yeah, um, it's not. <laughs> I, I didn't realize. I didn't realize you could watch that for free. Well, now I'm I'm in. I've actually mm. watched the film. I feel like, well, if there's anything salvageable, <laughs> then I've got to spend an extra four hours watching these talks. Have you seen any of them? No, I haven't. I haven't. I, I think I browsed through some of the titles. It looks good and fun. and Tongue-in-cheek, I hear. A little bit, yeah. I, I, the thing is, as with, you know, 
as the conceit of this whole podcast is like you can take pretty much anything and analyze it to death yeah L- like like any any old bit of trash from anywhere and you know boss baby is no exception it's pretty it's pretty pretty uh it's dense it's dense with it's with a lot more i didn't mm. I don't know what I expected when I saw the poster, but I was surprised at how complicated and <sighs> dense it is. Uh, mm. And in fact, I normally when I write notes, I watch a film that we're going to talk about. And I normally, I write my uh, kind of reflections and just in the margin, I write the basic plot elements. Mm. So I remember the story and so that we can recite the story of the film I can't. I gave up it's, about halfway through. It's incomprehensible. It's mental. Yeah, it's it's not it's not interesting either. It's yeah. like just <laughs> it's really, it's really intense, and it's so unclear what is like real and what isn't. Well, yeah, the big problem for me of the film is it, it it's set up that the whole thing is is a. It, um, is the product of the, the wild imagination of the main character, which isn't the boss baby, it's his older brother, this, yeah. this what, ten-year-old boy? What? Or, no, probably... Uh, he's seven. He's seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> he's seven and a half. So, yeah, the whole film's set up to be the product of his wild imagination, which explains how extraordinarily fantastical and weird... And kind of childlike uh, and scatterbrained, it, it it seems. But there's a real um, disconnect where it, it, it's not clear about um, when it's when it's drawing the line between what is his imagination and what is actually going on. It, it's never clear. Mm. Um, and so sometimes, for example, like when he's imagining, there's some riotous, really dangerous. A chase sequence in the garden with him and the boss baby on the lawn mower. No, on a on a push, uh, um, a pedal car. A pedal, a pedal car. So in his imagination, it's a crazy, and that's the film that we're seeing is is this crazy car chase, really incredibly dangerous. And then you, for a brief moment, you cut to the parents' point of view, and it's very slow and um, more realistic, and he's mm. just dragging behind. Um, yeah. this little pushchair but then there are real life effects of of explosions and, and danger that are real yeah. and you, so you it's, don't really know what's real or not it's yeah, it's not bit, clear there's a bit in the aftermath of that scene where they you know the parents come out to the garden and see the, the like yeah the aftermath of this chase and you know what one yeah. of the cars is like on fire exactly so that really happened yeah 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 apparently yeah 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 <laughs> so yeah, so again, like the rules mm. of the world aren't clear. Yeah, it's really, which, it's either inconsistent or deliberately just like muddled and mashed up. Yeah, and there's just, bits you, later get, on where they're, you get a sense of it, they're just like, who cares? Just, yeah. yeah, there's bits later on where they're, they're, the kid and the baby are definitely imagining stuff together. So either they're doing like two levels of imagination. Yeah. Or, or you know, the baby is really a boss baby. And That's the right. There, there's there's an ima- there's an imagination dream sequence within imagination dream sequence. Or, and then yeah. there's the, they plug into the Matrix with with these pacifiers. What do we call those in England? Oh, dummies. Dummies, yeah. Dummy. Like they, they suck dummies and then they, they become virtual. It's, yeah, it's, it's 
man. Okay, maybe we okay. should start from, from the, the beginning. From the top? What's the premise of this movie? Okay, uh, someone came up with this... Uh, <laughs> some, a, book someone, someone said, hey, babies are really bossy, they're really demanding. And they start with the letter B. Wouldn't it be funny both, yeah. if we put a baby in a suit hmm. and then we write a whole film around that? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's Alec Baldwin, whose name also begins with B. Yeah. Um, and, and he does sort of his his shtick from playing Harry Glenn Ross. Yes. And, and, um, and he's a funny baby. And 30 baby. Rock. Mm. But, but he's a baby and it's funny. I admit it, it is mildly amusing for a minute. Yeah. Maybe, um, I mean, it's a short film. It should be a short film. Like, yeah, I can see it working as a short film. Yeah, but. this would this would make sense as like the yeah the short cartoon before a real Disney movie or something. Yeah, <laughs> but um, what just occurred to me is like um, there's a few places where this is weirdly prescient, but this this movie was the movie came out April 2017, uh -huh. so it was definitely in production before Trump was elected. Yes. It, so it definitely would have been recorded and stuff. All of, uh, or, wait, April 2017? Yeah, so it would have been recorded. Yeah. So I don't know, it probably would have been recorded around the same time. Yeah. He was... So well, who knows? But, um, so it's, it is a bit like weirdly prescient that, like, you know, uh, Trump has just been elected and we're just seeing what, you know... President Manlet is going to be doing with the world, and this movie Boss Baby comes out. Yeah, and it's Alec Baldwin who famously impersonates Donald Trump. Yes, yeah. Right. Um. <laughs> then they did make they made the Trump baby, didn't they? Did they? Oh, with, oh, you mean the, you know, the, the big Trump baby, the big the big inflatable yeah. um, thing yeah. uh, that was sent around the world to every demo. <laughs> that followed Donald Trump everywhere he went. But was it made by the people that did uh, the the led by donkeys thing? Maybe I can't remember. I I feel like it was made here, but I'm not sure now. Maybe it was made somewhere cooler than London, mm. like no, I don't know. Just so people know, the the baby is like the 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 boss baby is coded as it, it, we're meant to read him as negative he's not aspirational yeah he's a bad guy he, he's he's the, he's a negative stereotype of a boss he says he talks in cliches and he's and, a corporate drone yeah and you know plays golf and and calls constant meetings and just tells people to do stuff without doing anything himself that kind of thing yeah oh, yeah it, it i was kind of tickled by the um uh, the the little sock suspend. <laughs> sock, sock garters, yeah. yeah. Sock garters, yeah. yeah. But it, we, we anyway, it's this film's so wild. We keep going off track. What's the premise of this film? It's about a boy who's seven and a half, and he loves all the attention that he gets from his parents. It's so funny how his this movie is. I mean, because the reason I brought up like is 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 boss baby coded is are we supposed to think he's this is aspirational is because his parents both work in marketing and he's like <laughs> it's the best job in the world mm. is this film like pro corporate i don't know 
there's 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 a lot of stuff to to go on there. Yeah. Well, it's still working in this very. Well, there's two things. One, it's another film. Like, what is it with children's films that are obsessed with uh, the 1950s um, dichotomy between work and family, uh, or like just the 1950s aesthetic aesthetic of of the nuclear family of men wearing suits and having briefcases and going to work, and the way corporations work and company men. I see it so much in children's cartoons, like, for example, the The Incredibles, or even even Soul, like the whole um, uh, afterlife or before life, the great before. Mm. It's run like the the kind of visual signifiers, the 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 references are. It feels like they're referential to nineteen fifties American corporate uh, culture. Right. Do you, do you not have you not picked up on that? Yeah, I mean a little bit. I mean, I mean, I'm thinking of, I mean, there's a dozen movies with like the plot is the dad is overworked and doesn't have time for his kids. Like, um, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I just listened to that podcast episode about Hook on um, You Are Good. Really great, yeah, great episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's like the ultimate dad mm. busy, no time for kids. Mm. And Jingle <laughs> All the Way as well. Yeah, which was yeah. great. Um, but, uh, uh, which yeah. is a, you, you know, uh, a very, that, that was a huge, mm. and still is, I mean, uh, uh, but that is like a 20th century problem. Mm. Um, and, uh, uh, but I'm just even talking like stylistically, like these films yeah. still like the way the, the design of the, of the characters, the suits of the environments of the cars, even yeah. they all look. It's, 1950s. It's uh, a big Pixar thing. Yeah. Like, so Monsters Inc. is big, you know, it's, right. it's a big company and yeah. the whole thing is, it could just be a fun story about monsters invading children's dreams, but it's, you know, it's run like a company and there's all these jokes about, you know, the secretary and the director and the finance people and all these people, are, you know, there's all these jokes for the adults who recognize it's about, you know, office culture and stuff. Office culture, yeah, definitely. And then there's Cars, which is about all 1950s nostalgia, Americana stuff. I feel, yeah, I feel like Pixar is obsessed with the 50s. Yeah, and I guess it's because that's when a lot of the guys who are running shit now, they that's when they grew up. Like, I guess John Lasseter, yeah, is that his name? Yeah, um, could be. But also we're in an age now where just everything is just regurgitated. Mm. Nostalgia and culture. Um, it, I mean, and stuff like uh, uh, what was it? Wonder Vision. Yeah, know, it was all. Yeah, I feel like everything has always been regurgitated, though. Yeah, if you look hard enough, everything has its roots in something a bit earlier. So, uh, I, yeah. So this, this, the central emotional arc of the movie, which is possibly the only bit of the movie that's real, is there's a boy who is the main character, Tim who um, loves all the attention he's getting from his parents and it's just the three of them and their cute little family. And yeah, they make a triangle that could sink the Titanic. That was the first, like, mm. tasteless joke. <laughs> <laughs> they form a family triangle and then a, a, an image of the Titanic rides into frame, hits the triangle and sinks. 
<laughs> you just think, think of all the people that died on the Titanic. And can it, can they have imagined? Are there are there descendants of those people watching the Boss Baby now? There must be. <laughs> <laughs> How offensive would that be? Uh, I fondly remembered. Again, you are good. Favorite podcast ever? Did an episode on the Titanic. Lovely. Wish listened to it recently. I yeah. adore that. Film. Um, and I fondly remembered the deleted scene from Titanic. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite. If you haven't, if you haven't heard of it, Google it. Deleted <laughs> scene from Titanic. It's the it's best. Great. It's great. It will be the first hit. It's it's, it's just. A, are you a fan of Titanic? Yeah, yeah, kind of. I absolutely love the film. I think it's a masterpiece. It absolutely makes sense that they cut this scene. It wouldn't have worked. <laughs> like, it's just... It's just a balls-out, <laughs> tasteless joke. It's so it's, tasteless. It's a silly, silly gag, and it's <laughs> hilarious. What's her name? It's the um, the unsinkable Molly Brown. Yeah. The yeah. character name is the unsinkable Molly Brown, played by... Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. And it's in the moment when they're about to hit the iceberg <laughs> and, and she's in the bar. <laughs> she just says, can I get some ice, please? <laughs> no, she says, can I get some more ice, please? <laughs> and then, bang! That's <laughs> <laughs> so, so tasteless. Yeah. Not, not even the most tasteless joke in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Possible close Oh my session. god, hey, um... Should we talk about the second taste tasteless joke? Should we just jump to it? Just because I don't care about following the structure of the movie. Well, so. but I just kind of feel like, I guess, the only people listening to this are going to be people that have watched The Boss Baby shortly. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> basically, oh, nah. basically, uh, this seven and a half year old boy, his parents have a baby, and he's jealous of the attention, and by the end of the film... He uh, comes to terms with it and becomes friends with his younger brother. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably the only thing, that's probably the only reality. The rest is extraordinary imagination where he imagines that because the baby is very demanding of his parents' uh, time and energy and the baby always gets what he wants, this seven and a half year old boy uh, imagines that he is a boss babe. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> He's a corporate stooge. Yeah. And um and he goes on this wild adventure where the boss baby actually isn't he is a corporate stooge, but he's also a spy and he's been sent to Earth from Baby Corp, which is this company that send babies to uh, send it's, some yeah, babies the to company Earth. That runs the babies. Just runs the base. So instead of storks, forget about storks. You've got some babies are sent to families, where and that's where babies come from. And some babies are managers, and they stay and run Baby Corp, but they're concerned that dogs are becoming too cute. And that you babies yes. used to be cute, and so the babies are now jealous of dogs, the, pu the puppies, the puppies and them. so he wants to spy on the older brothers, on the on the parents who are both working marketing for this puppy company, yeah. and find out the plans for a new puppy that lives forever. And this is just this isn't even the start of I mean yeah. the, the, it gets more complicated it's mental this film's mental yeah um, it, it, 
It certainly, yeah, it certainly feels like the kind of thing like a, a seven-year-old would see a baby and think, oh, this baby is really demanding. Maybe he's a boss, and then construct the backstory. Well, yeah, ex- it, that could be cool. It could. I would actually like to see a film that was genuinely um, sprung from the imagination of a seven-year-old boy. Mm. But this is that plus a load of um, jokes and references and insights to adult life that a seven-year-old boy would never have. And Mm. that just completely breaks the... I mean, a lot of it falls apart, but like... I don't know a movie of that, but there is is an online cartoon from many years ago called Axe Cop, which is is written jointly by by um, two brothers. One of them is like an adult cartoonist. Yeah. I can't remember if he has like a, a brother or like maybe a nephew or something. I have a feeling the brothers, yeah. tiny, tiny little brother who's five years old, writes the entire thing. Right. And the whole the whole construction process is um, like older cartoonist brother says like, like, so what does Axe Cop do? And the little kid just tells the story. That's and cool. Then, and then, you know, the older guy, the professional cartoonist, anim- animates it and draws cartoons. So there's a whole, like, cartoon series of adventures of... It's, it's Axe Cop. He's a cop <laughs> who has an axe. <laughs> Sounds really violent. <laughs> and he, yeah, he, he, like, fights vampires and zombies and stuff. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was really good. I followed it for a little while. But, um, you, yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing that is out there. Did you know that Gravity was written by um, Alfonso Cuaron, well, uh, in collaboration with his son, who I think was 10 or 11 at the time. All right. He wrote Gravity with his son. Oh. Which bits did his son write? I guess the basic... I don't know. He probably wrote it all, and then it was just more of a marketing ploy, like, <laughs> hey, I wrote this with my son, isn't yeah. that cute? Um, but, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So, okay, so... You've got this kid, he's uh, he's about to have a younger brother born. Then we get introduced to Baby Corp. And so you're having all these... Does it explain where babies come from? They just apparate, they just appear on a production line. The mum is definitely pregnant at the beginning. They establish that. There's a shot of the mum being... Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, so because that's in reality. But he's thinking, he's he. The kid is completely oh, unaware of it. Right. Okay. I think because it's, it's unclear what Baby Corp do then. Well, no, Baby Corp is just a place in the clouds where babies come from, and it's a production line of babies who just seem to apparate, and some of them, the whole process the whole machinery of the of the production line is run by managers mm. like Alec Baldwin, Baldwin type managers anyway what's the first there's thing? there's actually a really good um there've been some really good uh, video essays uh by the popular culture detective about um uh sexual assault um against men um, and the kind of tropes in popular cinema and television. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you, you, you know, the kind of the, the joke of don't drop the soap. Right, right. That kind of thing. 
and just how widespread that joke is. Mm. And you can even find that joke in children's movies. Mm. The kind of fear of being anally penetrated. Um, and it's quite shocking to just see how how that very uh, cis-hetero male fear, that joke based around that is... Well, what's the word I'm looking for that when it's everywhere? Ubiquitous. How, how uh, ubiquitous and pervasive it is in yeah, popular culture, yeah. right? So there's a great, really great video essay all about that. Um, and I was shocked and appalled to to see that um, in this movie, a children's film. Yeah. Like on the baby production line, there's all these babies who are... There's a machine that puts uh, dummies in their mouths um, and the, the babies are all laying... Uh, with their heads a certain way, so all the babies mm. get the, the dummies put in their mouths. But the Alec Baldwin boss baby character, he's ro- lying the wrong way. So he is, he is lined up. Um, his bottom is is in the firing line of the dummy, um, and it clearly shows that he's afraid. He he does not want to be penetrated in the bottom mm-hmm. by. A dummy. This is a children's movie, and so he quickly turns around and gets the dummy in the Ugh. mouth. And it's like, who, who's writing this, and Ugh. and why, and why is this still an acceptable um, joke? It, you know, it, it, it's it's just really yeah. disappointing. Is that is that what you meant by the first uh, tasteless joke? No, I, I mean I wasn't thinking of that bit. Was, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I. I was, I, I was going to pull you up because there is a joke later that I thought was funny, but like, but, but yeah, now I'm going to. Oh no! I don't mean to. I I really don't. Oh god! I hope I don't come across as like clutching my pearls. But no, no, that that, that, on, that is like, bad. Yeah, that's yeah. it's a fucking children's movie, and we're still going to be like running on the mm. yeah because nobody wants to be penetrating the ass joke. Mm. Fuck off! You know, like, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. So. But, yeah, I was thinking of a different bit, but now you mention it, yeah, that was that was pretty. It's just sad, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> to determine whether the baby gets sent to a family or whether he becomes management, babies are tickled with a feather, mm-hmm. and then. Um, on the tummy. They are tickled on the tummy with a feather. Yeah. It becomes important later that it's on the tummy. Oh, yes, yes, it does, <laughs> yeah. And Boss Baby doesn't laugh, so that means that he's a boss, right? So yeah, it just kind of made me think about. So this this uh, <laughs> uh, archetype of of a of a male boss who's in charge of a company of running things, like is not in touch with his feelings and and um, uh, uh, doesn't can't laugh mm. is too self serious and all that. And it just started making me, uh, uh, just made me think about how how accepted that is. That's just, yeah, it all, you know, almost like in Wall-E. Wall-E presents a world where, well, obviously we're going to trash this planet. Like, there's no getting out of it. Like, that's mm. going to happen. Like, it's just stating it as a given. And this movie's just stating this as a given that, well, of course, like, anyone that runs in a thing is... Is gonna be, yeah. Um, I yeah. I don't know if that's like 
just an accidental kind of oversight or it's on purpose and like a like a criticism of i don't know the the management class or what but yeah it seems it is a bit we do live in a world that i i would argue not on purpose but definitely still actually really does artificially select like unfeeling psychopaths to be yes <laughs> to be in charge of things yeah yeah, and I guess this is good, like, shorthand of that. Mm. Um, Where they've made a machine that actually, on purpose, picks out the psychopaths and, <laughs> and puts them in charge of running things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but there doesn't seem to be... I guess Baby Corp don't really do anything. I mean, they, they just yeah. provide babies to families, but, so you uh, can't really <sighs> criticise that company. Like, why does Baby Corp need to have What's these... Their profit? What's their business model? <laughs> Where, where do they get profit? <laughs> what does <laughs> Boss Baby actually do at Baby what's, Corp? <laughs> what's what's the economics of Boss Baby? What, yeah, what, I, I I actually want to watch some of these these uh, mm. philosophical uh, debates about this. Yeah, online. So, so I I know at least one of the talks is about um, milk. So it's, it's oh yeah, it says, like as a Marxism. Uh, uh, or something, or something. Y yeah but 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 the, the it does all make sense and there is an economy but it's based on milk as a resource and of commodity nice um so there i i assume there is some profit to be made at baby corp but they seem yeah the the total work of baby corp seems to be manufacturing and supplying babies and and marketing <laughs> of, of babies yeah that's right it's mostly concerned with marketing mm. and competing with other cute mm. things like dogs and, like and you and you say you say the boss baby is like an archetypal white man but his his boss whose name is big boss lady is a woman of color yeah one well, is I she think? a woman of color no she's like an eastern european because that's the funniest voice. Oh, I thought she was like um, Latina. Oh, is she? I don't remember. Well, I... the big, but the big mega giant, bigger, bigger oh. boss baby, who's his idol and his who, who turns his, out to his be the hero, villain. Big twist. Who yeah. turns out to be the villain? Is... He is also yeah. even whiter, even an even whiter, whiter man, blonder and <laughs> blue eyes, blue eyes and, mm. and masculine. And he's Steve Buscemi, who is like even yeah. even whiter and manlier than Alec Baldwin. <laughs> so, it, but again, it's just yeah, I get because Boss Baby in a way is is kind of he's an antagonist, isn't he, to our main character? So, and he is he is coded as as a negative <sighs> force. So I guess that is fair criticism that the film like poses. Well, obviously he has to be a cis straight white. Mm. male with blonde hair and blue eyes because he's the bad guy yeah yeah oh, he, he has minions he has minions who are all all except one people of color <laughs> he has he orders yeah. them about like he's got three uh oh, dark-skinned yeah. twins yeah. and one chinese Tri triplets triplets yeah yeah sort of oh my god did i just baby i just said twins when i meant triplets you know you know three three twins you know three, tw <laughs> three. Twi twin twin <laughs> twin triplets three yeah, yeah what yeah twins when there's three three yeah Trouples. <laughs> yeah they're, they're quite sweet I like yeah, I like them as a joke. The, jo the joke with them is that they're yes men and that they 
they just agree with everything he says and all his yeah all all his little boss baby minions are all office jokes so there's yeah there's there's a girl who's his secretary who takes down his notes and it turns out she can't read or write and she's just <laughs> doodling it's funny because she's chinese right <laughs> that's what the movies that's what the movies suggesting yeah yeah no absolutely because she's a woman and because she's chinese <laughs> it's a very xenophobic movie I mean, it is a bit bad that the the secretary is obviously a woman. That's that's a bit. They could have could have made it a man. Could have made a boy. I mean, this a boy is what secretary. I was saying. They were kind of. They could have. And the, the it, big the big brute. Isn't there a world in which like the boss baby could have been a woman or a person of color? Think, and does it need to be? I think the new boss baby is a girl. Oh, okay. In Boss Baby Two, even Boss is that like a, Electric Boss. Is, bo- is that like boss. a running on the girl boss thing? I think so. Do you, what is a girl boss? Do you are you aware of that? I'm aware of girl boss, and I'm. I wish I wasn't. Oh wait, it, <laughs> do you mean the show? Or? No, the the like the the cultural thing of, like, being being a woman in in power is is liberating and brilliant and. Doing doing standard capitalism, but if you're a woman, is amazing. Yeah, it's like Margaret Thatcher, feminist hero. It just yeah. makes me sick in my yeah. mouth a little bit. Like Beyonce. No, Beyonce is wholesome and good. She's good, isn't she? No, Beyonce and Jay Z are like uh, barefaced, like capitalists. Oh, okay. Like you can do it too if you work hard enough. Oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I I don't know enough about Beyonce. My total Beyonce knowledge is Austin Powers three and oh yeah, um, <laughs> Foxy Cleopatra. Yeah, and yeah. and um, I watched her set from Glastonbury that year. She was at Glastonbury, and she okay. yeah, it was great. And then at the end, um, she disappears backstage. and goes okay, bye now, bye bye, great to see you, good evening, drive home safe, and just in my mind thought. No one drives to Glastonbury. There's nowhere to park. <laughs> she so American. She, she doesn't know what she's doing here in, in this country. Um, <laughs> girl boss is a derogatory term, though, isn't it? I think it was intended as as like a celebration of women in the workplace. It was initially kind of like woke. It was intended as a yeah. as a celebration, as a, a compliment, and then it quickly became a yeah, derogative term. Yeah. Right. It's it's bad. You don't want to be a girl boss now. You just want to be a... because doesn't it imply that like if you're a girl boss, you're 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 not actually doing it well or with any um thought or depth. You're you're just saying, well, I'm a woman. I can work in business too. Basically, yeah, I think so. I think it's yeah, it's not really about feminism or women's empowerment. It's just about trying to keep doing the same thing and be a standard business capitalist. And, <laughs> but right. but if you're a woman, it's great. I only encountered the word in a new, very, very good, I guess you call it sex or romantic, sex comedy, I guess, about identity and gender and, mm-hmm. uh, called Shiva Baby or Shiva Baby. I'm, I don't know how to say that, but it's, a, 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 it's a, a sex comedy about identity that takes place uh, uh, in one afternoon at a, a Jewish uh, Shiva. Um, and it, it's a very, very good film. I think you might like it. But mm-hmm. the, the first time I heard that term was in that film. Um, Check it out. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It, one of the best films of last year, I think. Mm-hmm. That last year being 2021. 
It's 2022. This is the future. We are in the future. Oh. When the um when the little boy discovers that Boss Baby can talk. Um. In the voice of Alec Baldwin. In the voice of Alec Baldwin. Mur- murderer Alec Baldwin. The Boss Baby shouts. I don't think he's a mur- Sorry, is. But when the boy finds out, the baby shouts, and I had to. I had to um, play it with subtitles because mm. he says fart poop duty very quickly in quick succession. Mm. But it sounds it like. It sounds absolutely like fuck poop duty. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like he swears really loudly. And then he does it again later and it also sounds like that again. It sounds and... exactly like fuck. Yeah. I assumed it was. I didn't go back and check. I assumed it wasn't, but it really did sound like it. Yeah. The, um, the kid has a Gandalf. Well, it's not Gandalf, but it is toy. It's like mm. an alarm clock and he's a wizard. And the running joke is that he keeps twisting his dialogue so that he can do quotes from Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. It's really lame. <laughs> yeah. What, so where, where are you going with that? Well, I was just... It's just annoying. Like, it was, you know, yeah. movies that with these really cheap cultural references in that will just instantly date it and... All the cultural references in this movie are way out of date. <laughs> right. They do Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah. This came out in 2017. That would have been, like, what, thir- at least 30 years? Yeah, and Lord of the Rings, You Shall Not Pass, that's 2001. Yeah. There's an E.T. bit, I think. Again, I think it's because these films are made by middle-aged men. Yeah. Who are just... Like referencing their Guess. childhood. That's sad. There's like there's some really horrifying bits in this. There's like decapitation of teddy bears. Yeah. He punches through the teddy bear's chest. Should we, should we do a? Oh, that was quite a good joke. Cause he he, he yeah he punches through teddy bear's ch- chest and he's like he grabs the battery on the way through and it's like he's yeah. he's punched his heart out like from a. a yeah, like a and there's movie zombie babies and yeah, yeah, I mean it was it was just like it's super violent. I can imagine as a kid this would be scary and weird. Yeah, I my favorite joke from Boss Baby just to just to bring back that there are redeeming bits to this movie is the most <laughs> horrifically dark joke I've seen in I think anything. <laughs> <laughs> is is there's this bit so something about the. Binkies are magic. Pa- pacifiers, binkies, dummies, whatever, whatever they're called. But but in Boss Baby lore, oh, they're they're magic, and um, you 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 suck on a on a on a dummy, and it transports you to back to I, I baby corp. But baby corp, and it's yeah. it's unclear what. And there's a whole bit when he's like, "I don't want to suck it." No, you've got to suck it. And it's like, yeah. "Oh right, yeah, uh, yeah." And, that joke and... again, suck it. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, because well. it's like, because it's like, it's because none none of the kids will get it, but it's but you know it's really obviously pa- powerful man pressuring impre- <laughs> impressionable young employee to except suck it. except he's a baby. <laughs> yeah, except he's a baby and it's a pacifier, <laughs> but they say exactly the same lines that they would, and it's like. But I, yeah, don't think about where it's been. Think about where it will take you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, do this if you want to get ahead. You're like, trust, trust me. Like, oh, it's so, it's, oh. 
Yeah. I really liked that, but I thought I also thought it was like way too far for <laughs> for a children's yeah. movie. For huh. yeah, that is pretty good. Mm. <laughs> um, so this movie fetishizes baby bottoms so <laughs> much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get it, but like, there's a lot of spanking and powdering yeah, and 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 farts, farts and poopy jokes and diaper jokes which we we call nappy jokes in this country oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um and this is about where i stopped writing notes because i just yeah. gave up what else? I, I gave it a bit more i think i got to the airport and then i gave up that's where i checked out like of of uh, analyzing it. Yeah, well, I stopped watching it actively. I le- I like left it on, and I watched I watched the whole movie, but I was you know I was did playing like, on, I was playing on my phone. Did you like how the boss baby keeps throwing money at people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. That's great. Oh yeah, you've got the the henchman, the henchman who like dresses up like a nanny. Yeah. There's so many jokes. Yeah, the, the, oh. the, the movie is chock full of just terrible jokes that are, might be entertaining if you're tiny, but yeah. are, are just not like like someone went. Wouldn't it be funny if the very obvious man is dresses in a yeah like a granny outfit and then goes on a skateboard and does ra- radical skateboard tricks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's lame. The <laughs> one another another very dated. Like very, the most dated reference, um, again, like this kind, this is the kind of thing that makes it feel like a movie that was made in the nineties. Um, is uh, the whole sequence with the Elvis impersonators, yeah. which, by the way, I loved. I thought it was hilarious. Like it was wild, the, yeah. Um, but it, it's like kids don't know who Elvis is yeah. now. <laughs> it's like not care. even there are some. There are many parents who don't know who Elvis was now. Oh. And um, but I thought that was very funny. I can't remember funny. any specific lines, but there, were, there weren't these, any. It was all just mumbling. It, you've got all these Elvis impersonators like getting on a plane together, or like, it's, oh, <laughs> but it's just an Elvis themed <laughs> airline as well, and all the people who work for it are also Elvis. <laughs> no, and then there's a guy checking tickets who is all like, I'm trying to play. Yeah, <laughs> but they they do. It is mumbling, but they throw in a few um, uh-huh, words uh-huh. in there. <laughs> As well, like um, little baby darling or something yeah. like that. Oh yeah, and they all they land and they're all staying at the Heartbreak Hotel, obviously. Yeah. And like just you know, ho ho ho. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> second second best use of Elvis after um, Jack White in Dewey Cox. Yeah. Oh man. Was... Look out, man! I know karate. Okay. oh man Dewey Mm. Cox is a great film Mm. Um, yeah I kind of I was asking at the end like is this whole film predicated on the idea that corporations are essentially good or I don't know my takeaway was it's um, it's at least compatible if not outwardly projecting that that corporate capitalism is is uh based on a myth but so there's there's a scene very early on where the boss baby is introducing himself to our protagonist tim the older brother and saying look this is how it works there's a finite amount of love that our parents have yes and now i'm here 
I'm going to take all the love and you won't have any. Yes. And yes. so, so my, my take, and at the end of the film, uh, they find the, out that the, there's the, enough love for everybody. Yeah. There is yeah. enough love for everybody. And it brings down the whole of baby corp and they all decide to just be babies now instead of managers or something. Oh, it's kind they? of unclear. I, I forgot that. I completely checked out yeah. at that point. <laughs> it's but kind that, of unclear. But that idea, when they were saying, oh, there's only enough love, mm. I did, uh, that tweaked me and I thought, oh, that's that's a good, I'm glad this idea's in here. Yeah. So it's at least compatible with, like, this idea that um, we don't have to compete over finite resources. I, f I feel like corporate capitalism is, pre is predicated on this belief that um, sort of a game theoretic kind of notion that there's a finite amount of stuff resources money whatever it is and that your job as a capitalist is to accrue the stuff get the things be be a bigger company than than the next company be a a, a mass profit as best you can and that the you know a, a, a healthier more correct viewing of society the world whatever reality is that we can all just get along and be 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 good guys and we don't we don't have to compete over the stuff we can share you know we teach our kids to share why don't why don't we do it in real life too well i mean for me the 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 love because that doesn't that critique doesn't uh, i can't quite see that in my head because there is literally a finite amount of resources on the earth like and we do, yeah. But, but I, I, for, the movie works for me. That, like stating that there's only there's a finite amount of love because mm. people mistake. I, I think people actually think that in the real world, and and I, I think that something like love or kindness, compassion, mm. um, for one's fellow man, it really isn't finite. Oh, woman, sorry. Mm. <laughs> like, um, people person people people, people. um it, it uh it, it grows and grows and animals and, yes <laughs> but, it, but it grows and and um there's only it's abundant mm -hmm. um and it's a mistake to think of oh i've only got enough love for my family mm -hmm. so that for me that worked really well but in your critique of corporate capitalism i don't know, I, you, I know can... there's something in there for sure, yeah, I, I just, yeah. it's not quite fitting. Maybe it's it's you um, who you have compassion for. So so you know, if you're a bunch of people working at the top of a company, you act in the best interests of your shareholders, your the, your board, your whoever whoever has stake in the company. Yes, and perhaps the world would be a better place if everyone, regardless of where you are and what your job is acted in the broader best interests of everyone rather yes. than a select group of people men women and animals mm. Mm. and everyone and, and, and not, just, not just men and women there's I know. A, you know gender's a spectrum i know yeah <laughs> i joined a dating app um recently and it gave me 50 options for my um, yeah that's a gender i mean the best that's a that's nah. not a criticism, by the way. I just I was surprised. It's it's, like, wow, it's a right wing a criticism. They love they they love it. There's loads of yeah. like um, MAGA chuds and and like right wing <laughs> comedians who who love and, making you know, fun of that podcasters and, and yeah. 
Joe Rogan types who are like, where are there 50 Joe's now? I think 70. uh, At one point on Facebook, there were 70, I think. And that's that's what they were saying. Yeah. Wow. But um, in reality, of course, it's a spectrum. There's an infinite number of genders. You can just make up a new one if there's one that doesn't suit you yet. Yeah. So it's, and, you know, even biological sex is like, uh, it's not a binary. It's, It's a group of, you know... In uh, separate creatures of, of biology that are, you know, just sort of commonly referred to as male and female, but but you know that's shorthand for a very complicated set. Of, I mean, just just saying, if anyone's out there, you know, and listening to this and needs needs educating on this stuff, is you know just on the off chance, you know, it's it's not just about PPs and foo-foos, It's a it's a lot of stuff, lots of chromosomes and. And dangly bits, they're all, they're all, it's all different stuff. So, you know, think, think, uh, think kindly when you, you know, you, you hear there's seven, seven, there's there's as many genders as you want. It's all good. It's all good, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I'm really appreciate that you said that. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And none of that was uh, included in The Boss Baby. Yeah, they could have made a nice inclusive movie about how gender is a spectrum, but no, they didn't. Um, the best, the best gender form when you fill in a gender was in, uh, I think it was Saints Row Two. Okay. There's, there's, you design your character at the Which beginning was of the game. GTA ripoff, right? Yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of like, yeah, it's its own thing, but it's pretty broadly, yeah, a clone of Grand Theft Auto. But I think Saints Row Two is the only game I know of where you design your character at the beginning and there's a gender slider. And you get you get like a male at one end, female at the other, and and you can you get wow. a little pointer and can set it to like a a number somewhere on the slider. Oh, that's cool! So you can just set it right in the middle and be the the, the joke in the review I saw is you can set it right in the middle and be David Bowie. Nice, nice. But, um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's... A, a GTA knockoff actually incorporated gender as yeah, a spectrum. A, a fairly inclusive kind of. Yeah, wow. <laughs> interpretation of yeah, that's that's quite sweet. That is cool. You're gonna love the new Matrix film. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and speaking again, speaking of gender, um, this uh, has a reoccurring joke about men or people who are identified uh, as coded as male um, having uh, typically female name as their middle name and that being worthy of mockery so it's good to see boss baby just reinforcing the male fear of anal penetration and and the male shame of having a female name as a middle name yeah 2017 guys (laughs) but uh again uh my devil's advocate on the brighter side, um, the, uh, the the song "Blackbird" by the Beatles is yeah. is, a, is a common referring. It's a, it's a recurring trope in the in the movie. Yeah, it's... it means lots of things. It's a central sort of emotional sort of point. And um, the bit at the beginning where Dad plays "Blackbird" on on an acoustic guitar and sings it for his son is quite sweet. It's quite sweet that a dad would sing for his son and they yeah. show it in the movie and he's like a warm, loving father, which isn't like shown nearly enough, I yeah. think. Well, his parents are hippies. Uh, well, but they also, the but they baby. also work in marketing. Yeah. So, you know, uh, they're also pretty corporate. 
But what I was going to say was, it's a very accurate depiction of uh, playing a guitar. He's doing all the right chords to Blackbird. Oh. Um, oh, um, in the animation. In, in the animation nice. of the movie. So, so, you know, pluses and minuses for Boss Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Perpetuating, like, male tropes and, and making fun of male fears. But realistic guitar. So, yeah. <laughs> it's got it all. Um, the, the only thing I've got left to say is that um, Tim, the main character, the seven and a half year old boy, is voiced by an actor called Miles Bakshi. Mm-hmm. And Miles Bakshi is the grandson of Ralph Bakshi. And Ralph Bakshi is a legendary animator who wanted to... I think in the 70s, wanted to set up an alternative to Disney because Disney had complete hegemony um, over... You say hegemony or hege- hegemony? I th- I've heard both. Okay. Um, uh, Disney had complete hegemony over like anim- animation, animated feature films. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to set up an alternative that was more, that, that was more adult. He directed the uh, screen adaptation of Fritz the Cat, which is a very uh, adult, satirical, social, political, um, very provocative and sexual and violent um, and brilliant um, comic strip that was done by Robert Crumb. Um, and I can't recommend it enough. It's, it's wild. It's like hanging out in Greenwich Village in the 60s and it's brilliant Um, and he also made Coonskin which is a very uh, controversial like animated black exploitation film and then I'm getting to something that you would actually recognise he made the first adaptation big screen adaptation of Lord of the Rings the animated one and he's he's basically he's a legend of of animation. I would love to do some of his work. I mean his his movies aren't for kids at all. Like they're uh-huh. extremely graphic, sexual, profound. Like really, uh, sorry, not profound. Uh, full of um, profanity. Profanity. Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> full of profanity um, and um, uh, and very juvenile, but all and very. Um, cutting in their political satire um um generally a lot of very anti-racist themes um uh but also indulging in a lot of sexualization of of women and sexism interesting provocative controversial Mm -hmm. animated films that were uh in stark contrast to disney and he he did the original lord of the rings which was only the first half of the three books um, so right. that's that's the grandfather of the kid who plays the main character in Boss Baby. Fascinating. I'm going to look that guy up. That sounds fun. Yeah, there's a great YouTube video called "The World of Wal- uh, Ralph Bakshi." Um, uh, yeah, I love I love his films. He he's he's Jewish, uh-huh. um, but he grew up in a in a black neighborhood. I think, I think in Queens, uh-huh. and he all of his friends were black and all of his classmates were black. He was the only white kid in school. Uh-huh. And so he made all these films that centered African-American characters 
um, and a lot of films about street hoodlums and and gangsters and kind of the kind of underbelly of New York City, uh-huh. and a lot of it is accused of kind of um, understandably so, like just perpetuating negative stereotypes about African Americans. Right. Um, but he was like, no, these are the people I know. These are my friends, and this is the life. This is out of affection, and I'm making it with them as well. It's not just me dictating how I think it. Sh- this is this is my experience of the world, and and he is. He was a, obviously a very anti-racism dude. Mm. But um, yeah, Coonskin is a is a a very curious cultural artifact, mm. which many people think is racist. But I don't think it is. Speaking of which, we should absolutely do Disney's Song to the South one day. Please. (laughs) I just really want to... If we do a bad film, I really want to do that. We have to... Yeah. Should we do a good movie on one of these things at some point? Well, this is what I was thinking all the way through Boss Baby. I was like, I I can't do this anymore. I don't want to watch any more shit. (laughs) <laughs> cartoons that I don't care about just to make a snarky kind of uh-huh. <laughs> critique of them for a podcast. Yeah, okay. I, I just want to do like like genuinely good films from now let's, on. Let's do a good one next next time. Yeah. This is what... um Someone interviewed the comedian Paul Foote for um, oh, many, Paul Foot. many years ago for uh, some, some magazine. For, and... Um, he said what well, I haven't forgotten ever, um, apart from the exact phrasing of it, but he said something along the lines of, where are we doing the interview? McDonald's or the Ritz? One of those. We're not going to Pizza Express. It's too middle of the road. You, you swing hard and you go in one direction, high or low. You, middle is just the worst. We're, doing, we're either going to the Ritz or McDonald's. So they went to the Ritz and had like cream tea and did the interview. And, <laughs> but... um. Yeah, so we're doing either Citizen Kane or Song of the South. <laughs> one of those. Well, <laughs> I will, we'll definitely do Monster House next time. A film that I would love to revisit, I've only seen once and a long time ago, that I know is polit- overtly political um, and it's also just a very good film, is The Iron Giant. I, I love that. Yeah. That's brilliant, yeah. I'd and love to all, do that. It's all about, like... Red Scare stuff, and that's yeah, that's explicitly set. Yeah, and it's set in the fifties, which yes. is <laughs> <laughs> all animation has to be set in the fifties. Mm. Yeah, um, I'd like to do that. I'm also going to rewatch Toy Story four because um, I saw it once in the cinema and I really, really liked it. Um, yeah, did you see that one? I have seen it. I've seen it once, and that was it. Was I thought it was like a. It was definitely a step down from the quality of the previous three for oh, me. Oh, did you feel that? Oh. Yeah, but it was it was you know creative and thoughtful and good. Like it's a good movie. I yeah. I didn't leave it feeling worse. Like you know, than, which I normally do after watching lots of stuff. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it was it was good. Um, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to see that again. Uh, well, I guess Monster House is your pick. And Iron Giant's mm. my pick. Okay, let's, let's and, do that next. And I'd actually, for both of those, I want to watch them and, and really 
put some effort into um, preparing. Because with something like Boss Baby, I just I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna this, like for me, note down like... what offends me and and talk about that. But no, for something like The Iron Giant, I actually want to put the work mm. into preparing a an interesting show. Oh. The only thing left unsaid for me was I thought. Again, not not this movie isn't explicitly anti-work, but it is it is at least compatible with anti-work. And I wanted to talk a little bit about anti-work, but we don't have to. We're done. We're done. Please, let's talk about anti-work. What's that? No, I, I don't. I don't want to. Not right now. <laughs> but um, there's a whole subreddit called R slash anti-work that is it's increased massively in popularity in the last couple of months uh, with the the big. What, what they're calling the great resignation and, you know, COVID exacerbating existing class inequalities and, and the poor quality of work in America. And lots of people are joyously quitting their jobs or at least putting in half the effort they were. And uh, people are examining and celebrating alternate ways of life than just working nine to five or more and for just being able to exist. So yeah, the future is is bright and hopefully will involve some alternative to the kind of uh, capitalism we're living under at the moment, where people just work to maintain their status quo and trade their labour to survive. Hopefully, we will have some kind of system where you can just exist without owing anything to anyone. I really appreciate everything you brought to today's episode. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm so backwards I still don't use Reddit. I don't know how to use Reddit. Oh no, everyone must be on Reddit. Reddit is like <laughs> it's like the pinnacle of of, no, of f- fucking the, the the contemporary I um f- oh. I'm going to uh, I'll I want to look into that. That sounds really interesting. There's uh, articles are probably better to read than than like actually diving into anti work the the subreddit because it's it's a bit I I like and dislike it, but um, yeah, it's it's become incredibly influential, and lots of people are joining it, and seemingly lots of people are. St- uh, more and more people are no longer celebrating the, the daily grind and and yeah, yeah corporate hustle kind of kind yeah. of mentality. Makes sense. Well, I am still daily grinding. I mean, you can if you want, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, you know... Well, if, it's, it's fun. It's fun, my Yeah. The, you, you, you I should. work a silly job. Yeah, same, <laughs> same as me. I mean, I have a job I quite like, and, and my, my time put in is, I feel like, the kind of thing I would be doing anyway, but it does feel a bit silly. And, hey, no, you know. I mean, I would love ideal world, because I'm a carpenter, I build, um, I build escape rooms, um... And it's fun. And I I really appreciate that I get paid well to build fantasy worlds for people to have fun in. And it, it's really cool. Um, but it, the nature of the events industry means that it's quite hard work and you have to work a lot. Mm. It's really intense. I would love to just be able to work maybe, I don't know, f- three, four days a week. And the rest of the time I have to work on my own mm. creative projects. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do at the moment, but the nature of the events industry just is just a non-stop. Yeah, you can't, yeah. It's unpredictable, and it just demands a lot of time and labor. And 
I'm happy I have a, a job that's fun um, and it's well paid, but yeah, I, I need some more. I need some more mm. creative time to myself. Mm. Absolutely. Everyone needs more time. No one, no one should be working harder than they feel they, they want to. Yeah. My view is... We just spend all... We spend mm. the vast majority of our time alive, mm. which is such a, a rare and, and short-lived, unique opportunity. Mm. It's not fair we, that we you should have to work, like, at a bare minimum, people. eight hours a day, five days a week, for... 50 years of the best parts of your life just so you can get 10 years off at the end to do what you want. Yeah. Well, yeah. good. I'm glad people are talking about this. <laughs> and uh, there, I'm sure, I think there are lots of conversations right now that I'm not, mm. I, I'm, I, I'm not privy to that, that, that are hopeful. And yeah. while, while I'm... Uh, unironically platforming myself and saying exactly what I want. I think instead of like any kind of exams at school, we should have all the kids watch Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> and, and, and instead of any of the political movements we have at the moment, every political movement should be based on some interpretation of Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> And that that's, that's the future we should be unquestioningly heading towards. So the... the Post-poverty... The, the post thesis of the film being... I mean, of Star Trek Next Generation being that... They're, they're, can, can we please just get post-scarcity, post-poverty as fast as we can and explore space? <laughs> <laughs> so you're on board with, with Jeff... And oh yeah, no. Jeff Bezos is a hero and and a visionary and and musky baby. Mm. Yeah, no, they're they're, they're beautiful heroes, and we should give them all of our money to to back them as best best we can, because they will save us. Uh, buy NFTs, uh, drink only Gatorade, Baja Blast. I, I think you Ma Mountain Dew. Baja reassure Blast. people that you're. Joking, I'm joking. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Um, slack off from your job. Uh, do if if my boss is listening. I'm not slacking off. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, I think bosses are cool. I think Boss Baby was a brilliant celebration of how good bosses can be. Um. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Um, this has been a uh, scatterbrained episode, but yeah. I, some uh, it always surprises me that was, uh, <laughs> some interesting insights yeah. seem to come out. And I learned about Ralph Bakshi. Oh, mate! And yeah. and, and I'm gonna watch those crazy, like insensitive movies. Well, maybe 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 racist movies. Maybe racist yeah. movies. Oh, they're amazing. And even if no one listens to this, it's a great opportunity to hang out with you, man. Yeah, That's man. Fun. All right. Um, cool. This was fun. Thanks for dragging me uh, <laughs> away. Thank you for dragging it. me away. All right. Bye. Bye.
No, I, I didn't make any notes. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> I thought... Uh, this is so it wasn't worthy of notes. Yeah, it's all up here for this one. 